I'm very, very, very excited for our guest today um, to the point that merely me being on the podcast is not enough. So I had to get assistance from um, my sometimes co-host. You know her as Sue York on Twitter. Uh, Sue Swada, how you doing, Sue? Hi, I'm good. And you? I'm good. I'm I'm down in sunny Florida. I have Uh, no complaints at the moment. You're so lucky. I know. I hear it's cold up there. Um, But... uh, even more importantly, um, we have someone on the line with us who I think every Knicks fan out there should be extraordinarily thankful for because she has managed to raise a young man who has really made this season a lot brighter for, I know me, and for Knicks fans everywhere. Um, and that, of course, is uh, Alonzo Trier's mom, um, Marcy. How are you, Marcy? I'm very well, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, the thanks, please, is all towards you. But we're going to get to a lot of stuff. We're going to get to some charity stuff. We're going to get to some basketball stuff. We're going to talk about you for a bit. More importantly than any of that, I started out this year pronouncing yours and your son's last name as Trier. I don't know why, but that's just how (laughs) I thought it was pronounced. And then... Everybody started telling me, like, no, it's Trier. And then I watched your special with him on MSG, and it sounded like you said Trier. So can you clarify for the nation, for Nick's nation, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> sure. You know, it can be Trier or Trier. I pronounce it Trier. But okay. uh, the fact that no one's saying Trier is really good. <laughs> So for us, as long as it's Trier or Trier is perfectly fine. So I, I, am I, I, I think that's really great that you were pronouncing it the way that I pronounce it. But I noticed on MSG they say more Trier, and I can understand that because it's quicker, it's easier, and so that's fine as well. But I usually, you know. It, I it is tree air, but that's okay because you know different people have different accents, so sure, yeah. it works. Yeah, if it's all right so with you, I, I, if it's okay with you, I would like to keep pronouncing it Trier because it's that's yeah. just you know that's it's, how I say it. Yeah, it's, I think it's a great like Alonzo Trier. That's just a it has a certain ring to it that I really like. Um, so you are the mother of Alonzo Trier. You, um, I have to imagine to a certain extent. As much as his life has changed over the last, um, well, I guess draft night was at the end of June, so we're talking um, about eight months right now. Um, But even before that, with the draft process and everything, how much has your life changed over the last, you know, six, eight, 12 months since this all happened? I wouldn't say that it's necessarily changed or transformed. I would say that it's more that I feel more blessed or more uh, I think 
emotionally moved by just the whole way has transpired with Alonzo, his experience in college, you know, the fact that his dream has started evolving and that he's he's finally being able to do what he loves so much. I mean, for Alonzo, this is everything to him. I mean, he loves the game so much. It's not about necessarily contracts and, you know, I'm in the NBA. It's about, wow, what I have been dreaming of since I was literally seven years old. I'm able to do a job that I love to go to work and do every single day. So it's more me just being in awe that he finally, his dream came true. I think that's, it's such a perfect way of putting it. And like, if you know, if any person is lucky enough to do something for a job that, that doesn't feel like a job, that's the best thing in the world. I, I honestly, though, I, what I wonder as, so I'm a parent of a two-year-old girl and I'm already thinking about like, someday if she starts asking me about, you know, this is my dream, I want to do this. And it's a, a dream that is hard to achieve i'm already questioning how i'm going to toe that line between okay well how hard do i push her how hard do i support her versus do do i try to you know um start to like soften the blow of like hey this may not work out like how did you right how did you deal with that because like the nba there's it's so hard but you know clearly you believed that he would make it like that's amazing to me how did you do that I think in reflection back um, to what happened on June 20th on draft day, I think it was more that, uh, you know, only God knows what your path is. I didn't look at it as the end-all be-all and that it was like complete depression. I think it was more that, well, you're just going to have to keep doing what you've been doing all your life. You're tested and you just have to continue to be resilient. And I, I just knew by my son and his work ethic that he would come through. It wasn't going to be the way that he had hoped, the way that he had originally planned, the traditional path. But that's, I think, what makes it even more special that for him, every day he steps into Madison Square Garden, he can tell himself, you know what? This is what I'm here for. This is what was meant to be. And I had to earn it a different way. But that makes it all the more worthwhile. So I think a lot a big reason why he's made it this far is because of his work ethic. And I know he's said that he's gotten his work ethic from you. I'm curious where you got your work ethic from because <laughs> clearly you did something right to, to be his inspiration. I mean, is this, you know, is this just running the family? It runs in the bloodlines? Like, how, how do you explain that? I think that it really just began when he was seven years old was old it was just me and him and I told him you know whatever you want to do in life it could be you could be a veterinarian whatever you choose to do it could literally be that you you go into a trade school you just have to give 1000 percent and so when he told me that he really wanted to play basketball I said okay well I of course I wasn't thinking then oh he's gonna go on to be a professional ball player even college I wasn't thinking of but I knew it would start with whatever his recreation sport was. So I had originally put him in Taekwondo when he was five. And I did that for a reason, to kind of set the foundation for him to learn discipline. So he decided it was basketball. So I let him, you know, and the, the Taekwondo class 
classes and so it was basketball but I said okay well then now we got to go to the gym every single day we're gonna have to go to a different YMCA every single day and so that's what we did and uh, fortunately I think it really uh, set in that he understood that dreams don't just happen by wishing dreams happen by acting and so every (laughs) day we we went we worked hard and he developed that work ethic because I set goals. And when you set goals, then you accomplish goals. You continue to strive and raise the bar. I, I'm curious, but I, one, one more for me before I know Sue has some, um, some questions to ask about um, some charity stuff, which is very important um, to you and to her and to us at Nick's Film School. You mentioned setting goals. Do you know if... Um, Alonzo had any particular goal that he set for himself going into this next season or was it I'm just going to show up and I'm going to work as hard as I can to make the team and then you know see where it goes from there he definitely has goals you know of course making the roster was his first goal um, secondly he wants to become a better defensive player he wants to understand the game you know he goes home at night he watches film like when I was there for the Christmas break he was watching film and film you know he constantly studies the game he watches other players he watches himself so he wants to improve his numbers he really wants to be efficient and I think he's been really working um, feverishly at, at becoming a f- and efficient, you know, he wants his stats to be, you know, to where they reflect that he's a two-way player. He's defensive-minded, offensive-minded. He wants to be a complete ball player. So that's his, his, of course, his overall goal in addition to making the team, you know. And I think he's I think he's done very well with it so far. We're actually I want to touch on his efficiency on the court in a little bit, but um, before we do that, uh, Sue, I know you had some questions about uh, charity. Uh, actually, I'm gonna before I talk about charity, I want to say that um, Marcy is like the complete opposite of Lavar Ball. You were asking <laughs> her specifically what she has done for Lonzo, and she has touched on what she has done, but it she gives all to her some really amazing and when you asked her about how her life has changed can you believe it how humbling she is and you really honestly, are very humble i gotta to say her, yeah, yeah. And when i reached out to her i did not expect her to write back so quickly and just be such a normal down-to-earth person you completely have not changed i don't know you how you were before but i would never think that you know you don't have this attitude like i'm an nba mom I don't have time for this. Thank you so much. I just have to acknowledge that. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I really believe that I don't deserve the credit. Oh my God. I honestly, I feel that, you know, if anyone deserves the credit, it's God. God has placed my son in amazing situations. And I truly feel that Alonzo has been placed on this platform like other NBA players for a reason. And I believe that Zoe, when he is able to reach other people through fans, through the community, through the world, per se, he's a reflection of God. And so that's blessings that have been given to him, not because of me as his mother, but because God has instilled in him the gift of playing basketball. And he should use that tool to help other people and to represent and also 
in some ways, if you use myself per se, a single a mother, you know, I raise him as a single mother and um, given hope to other moms or single dads raising their children and that they can too, you know, believe in their children's dreams and they can motivate them. They can do what they can. And then when their child has reached that level, so now what do you do with that? You know, how can you go and now impact other people's lives? That's what can brilliant. you do to make a difference? You know, don't just be an athlete or how can you now reach other people because you are in a in a sense you're you're a reflection of god and what you can reach people that other people can't do per se if they're just regular people because people won't listen to them on the same same level as they might listen to an entertainer or an athlete you can be a voice Beautifully said. And yeah. me personally, I'm a single mother. My son is 13 years old. Um, we just finished our one of our basketball leagues and a, we're about to start a traveling team. But how do you find time to do it all as a single mother and still encourage your child not to give up? And like deep down, I too want to believe my son is meant for this because like, I guess height and skill, but like I truly believe deep down that he could make it because, yeah. you know, like what advice would you give me? Like I'm trying to balance work, single mom, doing all sure. this stuff, trying to chase his dream. You know, yeah. he, him too. He has a dream and it, this is really amazing. Like, you know, your story well, definitely, I mean, you um, on MSG, you and Lonzo, like, it's just amazing. It really is. When I reflect back, it, it Still, I still am just amazed that by our experience that that we were able to survive and really be resilient. It's all about resiliency and for the dream you have for your son. If that is truly in his heart, what he wants to do, then absolutely, by all means, continue to nourish and cultivate that dream because he can do whatever he sets his mind to do. And you will... You you know you know what you can end up just just in the same circumstances and experience of what we've had and it happens and so definitely keep doing what you're doing and I mean amazing things happen when you believe in yourself yes. and when he believes in himself and he sees how you believe in him I mean the sky's the limit for him yes. so thank you you'll so be able much. to share your your own story with the world. I really hope so one day. But for now, I'm definitely as a motivation using you and Lonzo for my son. Um, also, when I reached out to Marcy, I was so surprised. Do you want to talk about what you do? I was blown away by it, by the way. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'll second that. I, I couldn't believe it when, when uh, Sue relayed that to me. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you tell it. Well, it's pretty simple. So I'm a mental health counselor and the substance abuse counselor as well. Um, but I I actually work for what's called the mobile crisis response team. So I work for children that up to age 18, if they're in school, that are actually in crisis or suicidal. So um, in the state of Nevada, um, children who find themselves in their parents or their foster parents or the schools or the police, they come 
across children who are in crisis, mental health crisis, behavioral crisis. And so the suicide rates, of course, are very alarming. And so for the state of Nevada, actually, though, we have miraculously been able to stabilize suicide, at least the last statistics are not rising as of 2016. So while other states oh. are rising, at yeah, least no. it's an, it's an epidemic. the same. It is a, it's a tragedy of an epidemic. Do you know that suicide one of the leading causes of death for children? Youth, um, right? Exactly. So that, so yes. So I, I work with children we provide responses, assessments, counseling, um, and so forth for them. And it's a very, uh, it, it is for me, it's very rewarding um, because every day I have an opportunity to impact a child in a family's life. Every day, my job is to instill hope, to instill this, you know, to, you know, all health is huge and and it's something that every single person can relate to in one way or another as well as substance abuse but i feel very blessed that i can use um my own experience my own academics my own education um and my own faith to be able to help children and their families be able to fight suicide and to um have a positive outcome that their life is worth living. Well said. That's really amazing. That and you know, Marcy has always been able to help people. Uh, can we talk about some charity work that you've been involved in that you actually used to take Alonzo with you at a very young age just to keep him grounded? Sure. Well, I, at that time. Um, I was working for Seattle Emergency Housing Service, which is a homeless shelter for families with large with for large families with children. So, like single moms with like six children, eight children, um, or with their grandfather and grandmother. You know, just extended families that were homeless. And so, our shelter worked on fighting the cycle of homelessness, which really is a cycle in and of itself. Um, for poverty and homelessness. And so um, I was very fortunate because I had a wonderful supervisor. And so she actually allowed my son to come from school, take the school bus to my job every day, Monday through Friday, and he was able to be there at the shelter. And so he would go into the youth program and he would be outside playing basketball with the children or in the youth program, and he would get to know them. And I would always tell him, no, when you see them at school, you don't tell anyone how you know them, but you still are their friends. You know, you definitely show that you're friends with them and you continue to interact with them. But then when you come to the shelter, every day you're helping, you know, in the youth program, you're helping work with the children and families. And so my son learned about really... um, giving back and random acts of kindness for other children who really were struggling. You know, it was scary not knowing where they were going to live, how they were going to survive. And so I think it definitely instilled in my son the importance of helping, especially the most disadvantaged people. Which is pretty amazing because Nick's film school has teamed up with an organization that Lonzo 
and yourself were a part of most recently to try to sell T-shirts and give all the profits to homeless shelters around New York City. The organization is better known as WIN, Women in Need. Um, we, we too are going to actually volunteer sometime in April. We have a hands-on volunteering where we're going to go into these youth programs and volunteer our time during spring break. But until then, we're, we're out to raise money and you yourself have helped us with this. Can you talk about um, when and what this organization meant to Lonzo when he decided to create these t-shirts for it? Yeah, I, you know, we chose them when we were trying to decide which organization we wanted to start with in um, providing help to. Uh, we chose them because we feel that uh, New York has, they have this strong need to help these families, um, single mothers with children who have been affected by poverty, homelessness, abuse, substance abuse, mental health issues. And we just felt it's a, it was a very strong organization, a large organization. And um, just from my our own personal experience of just wanting to help the homeless, um, we really felt compelled to go to to you know in a small way do what we can to help them. I and, agree with you. I, I yeah. feel the same way because I, I I unfortunately always tell my kids we are so blessed that others, although I'm a single parent to two kids, we are beyond lucky the way some people have to live. And it's really tough being a single mother. And the homelessness in New York is really, really tough. And I got to say, the the T-shirt that you guys designed, by the way, to try to raise money for this, it's a pretty badass T-shirt. Yes. You know, built for (laughs) this with a... With a nice picture of your son on it, a little isozoe down on the bottom, a <laughs> little, little facsimile signature. It's a very, very nice T-shirt, so I would definitely recommend. And if anybody needs um, the link to order one of those, um, you could go on Alonzo's Twitter. You could go on um, – there's a page on our site. Uh, lots of different ways to get it. So I just want to – I want to put that plug out there real quick. <laughs> and and also, we're um, – Marcy, we're looking forward to – work with you in the future because Nick's Film School does several organizations. Maybe we could uh, pick a mental health organization that you like yourself and we could run, you know, raise money, run a campaign, help get all the people involved, you know, to a campaign of your choice. So we look forward to that. And now we're going to get into basketball, which I have to say I'm very impressed with Lonzo that I thought everybody's away, getting away uh, going visiting family he's in new york still working i just saw him post the other day which that's my two cents i'm very impressed that says a lot about him so so my my basketball i have a twofold basketball question for you so one um is it's a little bit of a, a did you know um so in this year's rookie class of which obviously alonzo was a part of did you know that there are a total of four rookies that are taking um, at least, I want to make sure I get the numbers right, seven field goal attempts per game and have a true shooting percentage, which is like one of the different metrics to measure right. shooting efficiency, of 56% or greater, and that it's Alonzo and then three of the first four picks in the draft, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marvin DeAndre. Bagley, and DeAndre Aiden. How does it feel to know that – because you yourself mentioned before that he wants to work on being more efficient. 
How does it feel knowing that his efficiency level is like up there with the guys who are, you know, at the very top of his class? I'm actually not too surprised. And the reason why is because in college, his true shooting percentage and his and his efficiency was almost um, record setting for Arizona and for the Pac-12. Um, he was extremely efficient at Arizona. And so he's worked really hard to learn how to pick and choose good shots and to, you know, raise his efficiency. Um, so I think that that being one of his primary goals, that he wants to be not only a, a good shooter, but he wants to be an efficient shooter. And so that's just something that I've just always tried to stress to him growing up when we were in the gym shooting every single day is to make good shots, you know, to pick and choose your spots where you shoot at, to know where your sweet spot is and and to just, you know, know when to, when to pass, when to shoot. And I think that with time, as Alonzo continues to develop and get more playing time and and as his career continues to blossom it will really I think it will really come to show continue to reflect that but I think as a rookie you know especially for being undrafted um, people never would have expected that but I myself it does not surprise me of course yeah, I and... sorry didn't no, you no, okay, make him take 500 shots a day Yes, every day he made. In fact, when he would make them, sometimes every day I would forget the number we were at. And so I would always tell him, well, at least we know you made at least 500. You may have made 520 shots, <laughs> but at least we know you made 500. And of course, That's he would amazing. get frustrated with me, but I always left him and said, hey, one day you're going to thank me for this. You know, sometimes my counting was a little off because I would always go backwards. And if he missed a shot, I would go backwards. So he, it wasn't just 500 attempts. It was 500 makes at least. I was a little bit, yeah, I was pretty, pretty perfectionistic about that with him. No, and it, it shows my, my one critique on his, his offensive game this season, really. And it's not even really a critique. It's more of a question. I don't know why he doesn't shoot more three-pointers. He's damn near a 40% three-point shooter, and yet he's only taking um, a little under two threes a game. Is that is that like a conscious decision of his? Like he wants to – he's just more comfortable closer to the basket? Like do you have – give me some insight on this. I mean you would know better than anyone. Uh, he loves to shoot threes. He was always a very, very good three-point shooter growing up. In fact, his AAU coach – from Seattle Rotary would say layup every time he shot a three because it was like a layup for him. <laughs> I think great. right now he is trying to, you know, fit in with the Knicks and he's trying to show, you know, that he has point guard abilities, you know, that he, he can pass, he can make plays. I think the thing for those sure, who makes yeah. plays, maybe they don't label him a point guard, but he makes plays. And so he's trying to make plays and he's looking to make plays more so. And so for him, it's about being efficient. And I think maybe he's, you know, trying to figure out which way do I make a play or, or do I shoot? And he's just trying to do the best of the two, which yeah. I think is good. You know, no, and, and I think, rookie, you know, no, and that's yeah. shown because actually up until this month, this uh, in February, and they obviously made a trade that brought a new point guard in that kind of maybe 
you know, upset the apple cart a little bit in terms of just getting adjusted, but Alonzo's assist percentage has gone up. Like if you look at October, November, December, January, went up every month. And I think, you know, when <laughs> I know for me, at least I'll be blatantly honest, when I saw him in summer league, I was like, yeah, I don't know if he has, you know, point guard skills. But then as the season has gone along, it's like, wait a minute, he, he could actually kind of pull this off a little bit. And I, th- I think it's, um, commendable because I, I could, that, that seems like it's not as much in his comfort zone as, you know, just trying to go to the hoop and score every time, but he still is working at it. And I think he's definitely gotten better at it. Yeah. He, 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 I, I always saw him as a really good three point shooter, but he also wants to make plays and, and maybe people don't realize this, but his sophomore year at Arizona, he was number one, number one in the nation in the pick and roll. Wow. You can look at that stat. Oh, perfect. So That's why we was, like Lonzo and he, and, um, he was yes, he was very good at the pick and roll, and so that's why it kind of amazes me when NBA um, talk. You know that they they talk like they're surprised um, when if you really examine, you know, you look at the stats for his freshman, sophomore, junior year of college, he was very good at the pick and roll. So that that to me. Obviously, if you're number one in the pick and roll, that's a specialty you have. So he's trying to bring that out in the NBA now. And I think for him, you know, he's trying to show that he can make plays and also he can shoot the ball efficiently. He's a combo guard. And and listen, that's – I mean, if you – every NBA team needs at least one of those guys now. And I think – particularly just I want to highlight, you know, because you mentioned making plays and and looking to make the pass – I could speak for myself. The connection that he has developed with Mitchell Robinson, one of his fellow rookies, is probably the most exciting thing about this team for me. Um, like now until the end of this year, is this is this something they've been working on in practice? Are they like just really good friends and they have this connection? Because it seems like they're of one mind when he throws those those passes and Mitch goes yeah, up for the, he, for the dunk. Alonzo is always looking and his instincts are always trying to find ways to feed Mitch the ball. He loves to do that. Um, same way for Kevin. You know, I think he really is just, and that's the thing is for him, I think when he came in, as a rookie, he really wants to show that he can be a, a good asset to both Mitch and to Kevin and, you know, and to Dennis now, you know, as that, that foundation, you know, for the young guys. So I think that that's really his motivation. And he's just trying to show that. And if that means that he's being more unselfish, then that's what he's trying to prove. And I think that that. I think that um, maybe he doesn't get enough credit for that, but I think that's definitely what he's trying to do. And I think he's also just trying to fit into, you know, uh, what Coach Fizz wants him to be. You know, he really looks up to Coach Fizz and he's going along. You know, he believes in what Coach Fizz, his plan is, and he's just trying to do it. That's amazing to hear, especially like believing the coach and just following what the coach says, because a lot of people question the coach a lot. But that's amazing to hear from you. Yeah. And I I just it seems like now, you know, obviously they they made a very significant trade a few weeks ago. And I think the the thinking from the organization, at least what we've been told, is that they want guys who are bought in. They go, you know, they want guys who believe in what they're trying to do. 
and the the picture you're painting is that you know Alonso seems to be to be fully bought in. I, I, I the only other thing I'm wondering, and I'll, this will be my last question, but as much as that like, clearly is happening, and he's had this amazing rookie year, has it been? I mean, I'm sure it has been tough. How tough has it been on him to be? On a team that obviously, you know, it's it's an 11-win team. I mean, I don't care how positive a person you are. That has to take its toll at some point. How has he managed to, you know, keep his spirits up uh, throughout the season? Of course, you know, we he went from being at Arizona where we didn't lose in the Pac-12. We won the Pac-12. So, um, it, it, you know, I think Alonso sees a bigger picture. Like when I talk to him, we see the bigger picture and we hope to be with him makes a long time and to really continue to build a championship team so he's okay with that because he understands this is the learning year and he's trying to be like a sponge and learn from coach fizz he's trying to do everything that he needs to do you know he 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 loves the fact that he feels that scott perry and steve mills are behind him and he's just trying to um become a part of the knicks and their future and and believe in what they, they're trying to create. And he has high hopes that we're going to succeed. And I believe that we will too. Um, we're very hopeful and uh, he's a hundred percent bought in. I love that you're saying we, by the way, that makes me so happy yes. as, a, as a fan that you're using the word we to refer to you guys in the team. Anyway. Yes, uh. we absolutely love, you know, we love being in New York and, in some ways, for me, it's almost like I feel like it, it was meant to be. It was kind of like his his fate, you know, just in if as if you know our history and everything that has happened and what transpired with the New York Times story and us going to sure, New York yeah. when he was in the sixth grade. Um, and just to think that now we're here, it really, to me, is just I sit back in awe and it's like it's 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 amazing what God has done for him. And. You know, we really thank the Knicks. So he's very happy. Oh, it's good to hear that. And we're we're so happy that we have him on our team and uh, the fans support him to the fullest. And we could see uh, actually so much to the fullest that we kind of feel bad that he didn't make the – we thought he should at least have made the international world team on the Rising Stars this weekend. Did, he, did yeah. you feel that way? You know, like – Of course, he he was disappointed, you know, especially when, you know, if he's um, doing well as among one one of the top rookies as far as like like you were talking earlier with his true shooting percentage and what he's been able to accomplish. Um, But at the same time, um, that's not everything to him. He's for him. He's thinking about how we're going to build this championship team and what his role is. And that's really the most important thing. I mean, he's he's over that. It's that's minor compared to what he wants to do as far as building this winning team next year and and that's really what for him I know like he was just telling me I'm gonna work super hard this summer which I know he will training preparing you know getting himself ready for the upcoming season um that's where his head's at you know the plan that the Knicks have in creating this team that hopefully New York will be very very happy with 
I, well, I mean, uh, hope so too. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I guess we'll find out in uh, in July. <laughs> we'll see how things. We'll see how things. Are you? I got to ask you, as a as a mom of one of the players, are you kind of curious too to see how how everything goes this summer with what might or might not transpire? Yeah, I mean, I trust um, Steve Mills and Scott Perry that they know what they're doing, and um, I'm just excited to see it all, um, everything just uh, play its way out. And so my son will just continue doing his job, um, fulfilling his role. And for him, it's just his work ethic. He stays in the gym. He's constantly trying to improve. And that, that I think, will always be the first thought in his mind until he his career ends is how he can be better and how he can, you know, produce and help this team. And so... It's just we just are grateful to all the fans, to you, you know, you guys at Nick's Film School and just for embracing him. That's amazing feeling for me to oh, watch it all happen. It's, it's, but, it's, it's easy for us. And I, I could tell you, if, if you ever uh, want a career change, you could probably do PR for MSG because everything coming out of your mouth is like <laughs> music. Music to Knicks fans' ears. Talking about the team, talking about belief in the plan. I mean, this is great stuff. But can I can I also say it's not like I really feel like she's really truly genuine. Um, we come. Oh yeah, but right now, like to like everything we've dealt with, like you know, we have to be very proud that we have Lonzo Trier really excited to be here and um, appreciative of New York. And then you see his background, his family support, like of the whole process like there's no confusion in the process you know like others we won't mention but you know like this <laughs> means a lot to us it really does i i just you know every night i just pray that you know our team will come together and oh i have God, such high hopes for <laughs> i just i think it would be amazing for new New York. I think that, and, and also when you look at it just from uh, from the total perspective of New York, um, what it could do in when New York wins, it just it becomes this um, era of hope for not only just New York City but New York as a state. And it, it everyone you, you you know, and I think that it can just spread, and hopefully it will spread. And people have to understand that they can do things to help people every day we have an opportunity to make a difference it doesn't have to be a profound difference just a small difference in other people's lives and it can start with the new york knicks and then it can you know turn into this grand thing that that really impacts people's lives in a positive way and hopefully that's what can happen well, it, it, it's become very, very apparent in his short time here with the team um, and your short time here essentially being involved with the team that um, you, you both have done, you know, just an amazing job um, continuing to impact people's lives in a positive way. He's clearly impacting, you know, people that he touches in a positive way. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to speak on behalf of all, all Knicks fans. We're very happy to have him. We're happy to have you as part of the, you know, extended Knicks family. And, um, yeah, I just want to wish you best of luck, both of you for the rest of this season and, and hopefully many more seasons to come. And, uh, of course I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really, this was really nice. Thank you so much. Marcy. Thank you. Thank you both so much for having me. And I'm sure we'll be in and, um, continue to talk and yes. We're going to hold prayer groups for the Knicks for this. <laughs> and yes, also, and we're sending 
sounding this podcast to Kevin Durant and any free agent. Everything you said about New York right. is amazing. We yes. love you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to run it on Definitely believe in the Knicks and their in our future there, and and the same for your son Sue. Um, Thank you so you know, much. Thank you. I wish the very best for him. Thank you. Thank well, you so much. Um, we really thank you a lot for giving us the time today. Um, obviously, everybody out there listening, um, one more plug: go um, check out um, uh, Marcy's Twitter page. She is. Can I give you a Twitter handle on the air? Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> so it's, it's that. Nothing. It's uh, yeah, you can give it. I'll, I'll let you give it. Oh, I don't even know what it is. I I don't really give it out. I don't oh, know. I have to leave it. In, have to look it up because I don't have it memorized. Well, all you got to do is look up Marcy Trier on uh, on Twitter. You could find her, and like I said, there's um, links to some cool stuff on there. You could visit our site for links, and um, you know, just keep an ear out. Like uh, um, Sue said earlier. We're going to be doing some cool stuff as the year goes on with um, some opportunities if people want to come and, you know, volunteer and, and help out in that way. Um, and, obviously, and also, it's please donate right now to our current win campaign. Yes, 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 please. Absolutely. You can do that again right through the website. Um, even like we always tell people, it's a dollar a month to be a Knicks Film School student. And all of those dollars are, are going um, directly to this really great cause. So please yes, do what you can. That's wonderful. You can, you can, you know, support the New York Knicks, but at the same time, you're making a huge impact. Even you may not think you don't have to go and volunteer your time by going to a shelter, but you can just volunteer, you know, a little bit out of your paycheck. And it, it truly is making such a profound difference in these families' lives. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you. Well said. Well, um, thank you both for, for coming on today. And of course, as always, uh, thank you everybody out there listening to another episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's going to be a, a light week for the rest of this week, but we will be back with some more great stuff uh, once the Knicks actually start playing basketball again. So until then, um, everybody enjoy yourselves. We'll talk to you soon.